Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, a certified paralegal and paralegal educator devoted to law and your host of the Paralegal Voice. My guest today is Lisa Vessels. And before we get started, we want to say thank you to our sponsors. NALA is a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education, voluntary certification, and professional development programs. NALA has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our very first show. ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screen process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. And we would like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central, a cloud-based legal practice management system that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. So, Lisa, thank you very much for being our guest on today's show. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, Carl. I am a uh, manager for the docketing function at Dwayne Morris LLP. That's a, a nationwide firm that's based out of Philadelphia. I myself am based in Miami but I do travel a lot for my job. And um, I'm also very involved with not only my local association, Paralegal Professional Association, but I am currently on the board of National Federation of Paralegal Associations, or NFPA, as we call it. Um, I'm currently the board advisor, which means I'm the immediate past president. And I have served in other board positions, the vice president, of positions and issues, which oversees regulation and uh, various other issues that paralegals touch on. I've held similar positions in my local and statewide alliance as well. Great. Welcome, Lisa. We're glad to have you here today. I know that you and I have some history together and uh, really excited about this show. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry, and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and everyday job. My guests will be engaging and informational with a little bit of fun thrown in there. Our topic today is the importance of paralegals developing their leadership skills. So Lisa, before we get into our main topic, I understand that you are at NFPA's Joint Conference in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. So you got to tell me, how are things going at the conference? Well, today I'm enjoying that beautiful springtime weather in uh, Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky. I uh, just got in, and the conference actually starts tomorrow. Oh, okay. So I toured a bourbon distillery today. <laughs> so you have not really started the big fun yet, right? That's right. <laughs> so tell me, what is NFPA's joint conference all about? Well, it's three conferences rolled into one weekend, hence the name. It's not about cannabis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one day focuses on paralegal regulation, another on paralegal certification, specifically NFPA's paralegal certification exams, and the third day is on leadership skills. Great. So an NFPA board member and what we call coordinator, sort of a committee chair, develops a program around each topic, and we get speakers from all over the nation to share their ideas and skills, and it's a great networking event. Um, I went to my first in 2007 in Dallas, Texas, and have been going every year since. I love it. That's great. 
Well, it's funny that you mentioned about leadership skills, because of course, that's what our topic is about today. So tell our listeners first, you know, what are you most passionate about when it comes to your profession, you know, as a paralegal? Is it regulation? Is it certification? Is it leadership? Is it all three? What are you truly passionate about? Uh, I would say it's regulation and certification are my two biggest passions with regard to paralegals and professionals. If I had to pick one, it would probably be regulation. Uh, As you know, I was heavily involved with the paralegal regulation movement in Florida. So that was probably a big reason why I didn't get involved nationally until things had sort of quieted down on the, the statewide front. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you've been heavily involved in the profession for some time now. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I pursued a formal education in paralegal studies uh, later in life, I would say. And it wasn't until after I had completed my bachelor's degree in paralegal studies that I became involved with my local association, South Florida Paralegal Association. But I have jumped in and and have been involved ever since. That's great. That's absolutely great. I I love to talk with paralegals that are also equally as passionate in our profession as you are. So this is great. So tell me, what other community organizations do you participate in outside of the legal industry? Uh, Well, I would say since I have been on the NFPA board, I have limited my outside participation to just one, and that's the Girl Scouts. I was heavily involved with my daughter when she was growing up as a leader, a troop leader, et cetera. Um, And at the time, I had obtained training, uh, you know, sort of a train-the-trainer certification with the Girl Scouts to deliver training for adult leaders. And uh, since my daughter has aged out of Girl Scouts, I uh, continued to do that as a volunteer, and I really enjoy that participation with not only the leaders, but the girls too. That's great. You know, it's important, I think, to be active in other associations as well that are outside the legal industry. But I'd like to get your take. Do you think it's beneficial for paralegal to be active and engaged in other leadership roles, uh, other associations that are not legal in nature? Absolutely. You know, certainly you have to know where your limits are. And um, I had, you know, to give up certain things with taking leadership positions in other associations. Uh, I used to be more heavily involved with my children's PTA, you know, the local homeowners association, that kind of thing. And you, you, you have to pick and choose what you're going to pursue or, you you know, you can't do everything well. But I do believe it is important because we get a little wrapped up in the legal world. There's so many aspects of it. Um, that there's so many different pieces you can get involved with that if you don't broaden and move outside that box, and I hate that phrase, thinking outside the box, but (laughs) (laughs) there I just just about said it myself. (laughs) Um, But I do believe it is important to broaden that mindset so that you can, uh, you know, have a fresh take on things. Yeah, exactly right. How has your participation in NFPA helped you when it comes to developing and fine-tuning your leadership skills? And not only just NFPA, but Girl Scouts, PTA, things of that nature. How has your participation helped you develop and fine-tune those leadership skills? 
Uh, well, I think I've found different pieces with each group you get involved with, but I think that the biggest help has been to understand how you can work across other personalities or, you know, and, and develop or, or learn other ways to interact or participate um, in group activities and, you know, ideas, developing plans around projects and that type of thing. So leadership skills specifically can be something that's uh, difficult to cultivate. You know, you're working with lots of different personalities and uh, you have to learn how to, you know, navigate those waters. Exactly right. And you were mentioning a second ago about the benefits of being uh, active and engaged in other associations and, and organizations, but you have to ensure that you don't burn your candle at both ends, that you don't overextend yourself. Paralegals in general, we tend to be overachievers and we have a tendency to want to try to do more than what we really should. I'm mm-hmm. speaking by experience. And uh, you have to weigh those. You have to, you know, go, okay, well, I'm taking on a heavier leadership role in this, you know, organization. I can't really do equal work in these other groups. So, okay, I'm going to shift my gears and work heavily in this. And then, yeah, go and do others and other things. But, yeah, it's important to ensure that you have that healthy what I call work-life balance, working in an association and living uh, your life to its fullest. So I will tell you from a leader serving on the National Board of NALS for almost five years now and serving at different leadership roles in other organizations, I like to read books on leadership, and you probably have done the same thing. My favorite book is Lincoln on Leadership by Donald Phillips. I don't know if you've read that book. I love the book in the way of learning more about uh, what was really Abraham Lincoln's leadership style. And what I was really impressed with was the one thing Lincoln did was to basically, and this is, it's kind of a funny, although it was probably not funny to this particular general, but he basically fired General John Fremont in September of 1861 for failing to get out of the office and circulate among the troops. So Lincoln, he's quoted in the book as saying that, General Fremont does not know what's going on in the very matter that he's dealing with. He's, you know, in that little ivory tower, basically. And so my point to you and to the listeners is, as a leader, do you think it's important that you keep in close contact with the subordinates that you work with in your association? And if so, why do you think that is? What's your take on that? Absolutely. I I absolutely agree with you. I am a huge advocate of face-to-face interaction. Um, I know that a lot of times we can, you know, get caught up in email conversation. And when you know someone more intimately, it's easier to understand the tone or inflection that they tend to use in their email communication. But sometimes you just have to pick up the phone and have a conversation and you can see that perhaps they're misinterpreting what you're saying via email and, you know, calls are good, video chats are better, but nothing beats a face-to-face interaction. You just can't substitute that piece where you can see their facial expressions, you can see their body language. You know, as someone who frequently teaches others, I, you know, in my job now, I deliver the training for the people who are using the docketing software, uh, and I 
go to all the different offices, et cetera. So I can see when I'm delivering training face-to-face, I can see the deer in the headlights look. I can see the blank stare, the wrinkled foreheads, you know, and it's much easier to see where the sticking point is, where um, when I deliver training remotely or on the phone, I have no idea if they put me on mute and they're texting their friend on the phone. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, there, there's no comparison with regard to a personal interaction. And I think it's really key with regard to board interaction as well. Uh, it's a lot of people that aren't don't work with each other every day. They maybe come together monthly or quarterly and... A lot of things can be going on personally, professionally. You just have no idea. So it is key, I think. And I agree with you 100%. First and foremost, if you can meet face-to-face, again, you can see the deer in the headlight look, the furrowed brow, the things of that nature that you can respond quicker and easier to, you know, the situation at hand instead of you get an email and now the person's read your email and has totally you know, added tone and inflection to the email that you did not intend. And uh, it's better to do it when you can see it face to face. And from the board concept, it doesn't matter whether it's your local chapter or a national board. If you meet and you have individuals across a vast geographic expanse, sometimes it's good if you can't do it face to face on whatever regular schedule you have to use technology to your benefit. Use Zoom, use Google Hangouts. You know, everybody can see each other and see the reactions that they're giving. And to me, it's a better dialogue that happens when you can interact one-to-one or one-to-five or however many people are in the room, (laughs) even virtually, even better than just talking on the phone. Because it's the same concept with a phone. You don't know if the person's put you on mute and is watching TV, you know, that type of thing. So I think it's really important. And I agree with what Donald Phillips said in the book uh, to ensure that, you know, get out and interact as a leader. It's important because if you stay up in your ivory tower, then the individual or individuals that you're working with, your subordinates, it's not the same relationship. So let's take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion about the importance of paralegals developing their leadership skills. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small law firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Nella offers continuing education, professional development, and voluntary certification for all paralegals. The certified paralegal credential has been awarded to more than 19,000 paralegals. The certified paralegal program is also the first paralegal certification program accredited by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies. Nella works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. Learn more about NALA at www.nala.org. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Carl Morrison. 
My guest today is Lisa Vessels, and Lisa and I have been having a great conversation about leadership skills and developing them through your association activities that you are doing. So Lisa, before the commercial break, you know, uh, we were talking about keeping in close contact with your subordinates at all times. So why don't you tell our listeners some tips and tricks and thoughts you have on how you keep in that constant contact with those you work with and lead in your association? Uh, Well, as a board advisor now, I have a smaller role with subordinates, a very limited role. And I interact more with the board members and giving them feedback with regard to procedures or, you know, how possible ways to approach various issues. I try to be as detailed as possible when I'm communicating via email. And when I'm reading back something I'm sending in, I I try to look at it from the way that I would see it if I had no background information. You know, am I explaining this well? Am I giving them information? When I worked more with committee members, committee chairs, I would try to connect over shorter periods of time rather than say, here's your project, this is your deadline, and check in with them on the deadline and find out we're here, we're not here. Uh, I try to say, you know, break this up into pieces. Maybe a third of the way through, we should be trying to be about, you know, at the C mark and halfway through, we're going to be at the M mark, you know, something like that. Thinking in terms of an alphabet, because sometimes if you let things go for too long, whatever the stumbling block may have been, now it's snowballed into something bigger, and and the project's just you know imploded a bit. You know, so it's much harder to get back on track waiting for long periods of time. Uh, so as someone with a subordinate, that's I think my go-to idea for helping you know application of communication. Right. Because as leaders, it's important for us to really project manage. And uh, if you think about it, it's the same concept in what we do in our daily work, our life of ensuring that we're meeting court deadlines, that we are finalizing production of documents in a timely fashion, you know, things of that nature. We live by the calendar. And so we're not doing it in a silo. We're working with the legal secretary, we're working with the associate attorney, we're working with the partner, we're working with the vendor, understanding and making sure that all those individuals know where they're, they're supposed to be at. Uh, is important as a leader to know where your committee, your board, things of that nature are at and reaching the goals and benchmarks as individuals. So how did you develop and strengthen your leadership skills through association work? And do you think it's important to constantly improve those skills? Absolutely. I think it's uh, important to constantly improve those skills. I mean, you know, technology changes, process changes. What may have been tried and true before has now morphed into something, you know, very different. And, you know, if you have the mindset that we've always done it this way before, you're doomed to commit the same mistakes or you know, over and over again. Um, I think a postmortem is always a good tool to use, no matter what, you know, if, whether it's for an event or, or perhaps a particular project or, you know, it's always helpful to find out 
not only from the people that were attending or, you know, the recipients of your services, but also from the people behind the scenes. What did we do well? What could we do better next time? Constantly evaluating how, you know, the process is working and making changes to apply those, you know, skills that you've improved upon. Exactly. Exactly right. Sometimes an anonymous poll for feedback can also be helpful. People might not want to provide feedback in a um, a group setting. They would feel more comfortable you know, giving it in a third party sort of a <laughs> anonymous way. And it gets the you know the, the topic out on the table. You really need to discuss the, the good subjects as well as the the tough ones. And that is exactly right. That's really important. I'll add this additional tip to what you're talking to kind of piggyback on, you know, you have to learn the personality types that you're working with uh, from a leader standpoint. So you may have someone that is very aggressive and very uh, demanding. It's not the, the right word, but very direct. Uh, and then you have those that take a little bit more of a true follower mindset and they may be a little more shy to not just openly make a critique or make a comment. They're more willing to do it, you know, outside. So you have to learn those different personality types and know, okay, well, this person, I'm going to have to, you know, connect with them after uh, or try to engage them at the time. Uh, Say you're doing a board meeting, you know, try to extract a little bit and get them to respond. I do it with students all the time. I have very direct students that have no question in answering a question. And then I have those students that, sit there and I know they know the answer, but they're shy. They're a little more reserved. They're a little more conservative. And so I do things to elicit them to have to respond to kind of step outside. Here, we're going to say that phrase outside of the box and, (laughs) you know, get a little more comfortable of coming out of that, that shell. So let me ask you also, how do you apply those leadership skills and make that transition of those leadership skills that you've developed in your organization and association into like your work life, your home life? How do you do that? How do you make that? And how do you apply really is the question. How do you apply those to your work and home life? Well, I think, you know, home life can be interesting to apply these types of ideas to. I I found it particularly helpful when my children were transitioning into their teen years, right? Right. But you, you also see yourself. (laughs) in your children. So you can recognize things that you may have learned that you've done, you know, learn from. So to apply those ideas, a feedback idea to the home life, it's important to incorporate the collaborative mindset once your children are getting older. I mean, my daughter never let me pick out her clothes for her from the time she was old enough to put her own clothes on. But uh, you know, when your kids are young, you can pick out their outfits. And, uh, you know, I think in a way, you've got to have that discussion. So you have to learn how to foster the team collaboration and different personalities, just as you were saying. They're evolving and with people as well. And, and so is your partner. You started out as a young couple and, and had different ideas and uh, things evolve over time, so you need to learn and grow with that to continue to make it a, a long-term partnership. And it's the same with 
a law firm, working in a corporate setting, working in, you know, whatever your case may be as a paralegal, it's the same concept. You have to learn the different personality types that you're working with if you're in a leader type of role in your work life. And so you can apply those skills that are easily transferable. I mean, when I uh, lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was heavily active in my church. Mm-hmm. And the skills that I had developed working with the association, it was easy transition and took on some leadership roles in the church. And so you, you learn to... You learn them in your association work and vice versa. You learn it in other ways, Girl Scouts, PTA, whatever the case may be, and it's easily transferable into the organization setting. Do you think some individuals have leadership skills that are inherent, you know, they're quote-unquote the born leader? Or do you think all leaders are made, not born? And how do you determine what your leadership style is? Well, I think, you know, there are certainly people that are more adaptable to a leadership style. Not all leaders are the same. You know, there's all types of leadership styles as well. And, you know, I think certain people can have a leadership style that work with a certain team very well. And, you know, that same leader may not work as well with another group of different types of personality. So I think that can be subjective and it really can be a collaborative team that work well under a certain type of leader. I think leaders also, you know, absolutely need to delegate responsibilities, but also, you know, not always letting, you know, if someone drops the ball, either find it someone else to be the team player to pick that ball up or pick up the ball themselves and finish the project. And that's not always an easy skill to find the right balance. You know, you don't want to micromanage. Right. But you also need to make sure things are staying on track. So it's a delicate balance. I think there is definitely, you know, certain people that are more adaptable to that than others. But I think everyone has the ability to be a leader. And it really, uh, you know, depends on the team that they're working with as well. Exactly right. If I was a new paralegal just getting out and I want to get active in the association I've just recently joined, I'm like, hey, I want to do some sort of leadership role. What would you say are two quick tips and tricks that you would recommend? Just a couple of quick tips. Uh, I would say start small. Uh, <laughs> don't <laughs> jump in as your first project as the treasurer. <laughs> okay, you know, right. uh, work work on a committee. Start as a you know a helper, part of the smaller piece of a bigger pie, and understand what your strengths are. What do you bring to the table? Certainly understand, you know, what are the openings that the local association has, but don't try to just fill a hole where one exists or an opening where one exists if you know absolutely that's not a strength for you. Because you set yourself up for, I think, disappointment that, you know, you don't feel you do well. So, you know, I think it's helpful to try and apply where you feel you have strengths to start. 
and branch out from there. And I have an additional tip to piggyback on that from the leader's aspect when a new paralegal or new individual comes on to, and wants to take on a role is to find their niche, what they enjoy, and match that to a particular project. You know, start small with them, but more importantly is to nurture the newbie, the new kid on the block uh, as they come into their own. So definitely it's important to guide those individuals accordingly. So it looks like I'm running out of time. I could talk all day on this particular topic, but Mm -hmm. real quick, I always have a fun question for my guests. Um, So you're not any different. So you can't get away from me. I got to ask this question. Tell the listeners, what's your favorite vacation spot? That is a tough one. You know, it really (laughs) is. Uh, I, I have different places that I like for different things. And I would say that place I like to go for food fun (laughs) is San Francisco. Uh Uh, I would say I definitely would like any place in a forest or mountains for otherwise, you know, active, fun vacation time. Great. I'm an ocean person, so it's got to be a body of water I got to get it to. <laughs> you know, living in Miami, I can see all the bodies of water I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, this has been great, uh, great conversation, great time. And that's all we really have in the way of time for today's podcast. But I want to tell our listeners to be sure and tune in to next month's episode. And, of course, we're getting ready for Cinco de Mayo, uh, Memorial Day, and my favorite time of year, the summer fun. So catch me at a pool <laughs> in the future. <laughs> and um, Lisa, tell you, most importantly, have a great time at the NFPA's joint conference this weekend. I wish you guys the best. And I hope you have a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much, Carl. It's been very enjoyable to participate this podcast of Paralegal Voice. And I wish you all the best and enjoy the summer. If any of our listeners want to reach out to you directly, Lisa, how would they do that? The best way to reach me, Carl, is to email me at boardadvisor at paralegals.org. Perfect. Lisa, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be my guest today. I have really enjoyed it, and I hope you have enjoyed it too. I have. I have. Thank you so much for asking me to join you today. I have enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Great. Great. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break to hear a message from our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll hear some paralegal tips and announcements and events coming up. Stay tuned. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry, connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back. The following are some upcoming paralegal and paralegal-related conferences that, of course, you want to make note of and, of course, more importantly, attend. I should be uh, attending all of them, so uh, catch me at one of the upcoming conferences. The first one is NALA, the Paralegal Association, is hosting their 2018 Conference and Expo July 11th through 13th in St. Louis, Missouri, 
at the Hilton St. Louis at the ballpark, located in the center of downtown. I love St. Louis. I've been there many a times. Uh, it's humid in July, so it'll be a little warm. But Nala's featured speakers, they bring an abundance of educational information to help you learn and develop your professional skills. So I will be there conducting interviews at that time for the July recording of the Paralegal Voice podcast. So be sure and come and say hi to me. NALS, the Association for Legal Professionals, is hosting their 67th Annual Education and Networking Conference, September 20th through 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona, at the Phoenix Marriott Mesa. Of course, it's going to be fun, and they have a lot of great, unique education and networking opportunities for legal professionals that will be presented. So definitely be sure, put that on your calendar and attend. Again, I will be there. And here's a little hint. I will be there sporting formal attire on Friday night for the Nows Foundation Gala prom-themed event. So definitely go to the website, check it out. NFPA will be hosting their 2018 annual convention and policy meeting in Seattle, Washington at the Hilton Seattle Airport Hotel and Conference Center. Come with me as we travel the Yellow Brick Road and head to the Emerald City, Seattle, Washington. It's going to be a great meeting, and you don't want to miss out on this wonderful conference. And as a reminder, we have our segment of the show called The Listener's Voice, and this is an opportunity for you as a listener to send me an email with any of your questions, career celebrations, etc. I'll read through them, and I will select one to be read on air. And if there's a particular topic you want me specifically to address and talk about in this segment, let me know. So be sure and send me your email and make your voice, the listener's voice, known. Send your email to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's devoted, the number two, L-A-W, at gmail.com. That's all the time we have today for The Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to me at devoted, the number two, law at gmail.com. That's devoted to law at gmail.com. And of course, stay tuned for more information and upcoming podcasts that apply to you, the paralegal and other legal professionals. And if you liked what you've heard, find us and rate us in Apple Podcasts. And reminding you that I'm here to enhance your passion and dedication to the paralegal profession and make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.